Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If the decision was up to the locker room about who gets to start against the Giants a couple days after Thanksgiving, the answer is not Mac. Because I spoke to someone today who estimated the locker room is 80-20 out on Mac Jones. Patsy Deference is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. It is good to be back. Stateside, sitting alone in my office, talking into a microphone and talking about the Patriots. Now, we are a day later than normal here in Pat's Interference, brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, because that game stunk, and I needed a little bit of time to recover, uh, not to mention travel. We're heading into the bye week. Jack Jones is gone. Mac Jones is still here. Maybe there's a lot going on. And as I told you last episode, when I landed in Frankfurt and spoke with Doug Hyde and Zach Cox, we're going to change things up a little bit as we did with that preview episode. Not as focused on the game, more things going on with the team and around it. Game happened. And that's going to be the plan here today. Because as you saw in the title, I have a six pack of Patriots nuggets for you. This includes some film notes. We'll get to the good, the bad. No NFL films uh, talk today. Uh, Mailbag questions, by the way, I asked for on Twitter today, X, whatever. Uh, Those are all going to be answered tomorrow when I record Wednesday with Jeff Howe, the athletic. He's going to give you some answers. I'm going to give you mine. That'll be out Thursday. For now, with the six-pack, we have a mix of fresh reporting on Mac Jones, Jack Jones, and what happened before his release on Monday, uh, as well as some numbers that I dug up and stuff just kind of around the team as everyone hits the brakes this week because the Patriots are going to practice tomorrow, by the time you listen to this, on Wednesday afternoon and then head out on a four-day break. Players are off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those days mostly go for the staff as well. They'll be back on Monday. We'll talk with coaches. I think a couple of players, um, no practice. Then they'll return Tuesday, which will be a full day as they get ready for the Giants next week. And in the meantime, like I said, there's a lot to get to. And the only place to start, of course, after that 10-6 loss on Sunday is the place where Mac Jones didn't finish, which was the two-minute drill at the end of the game. When Bailey Zappi took over after the worst throw of Mac Jones's career, at least worst interception, that fell five to six yards short of Mike Kosicki in the end zone because he threw off his back foot because a rusher was three yards away from him and closing in, and he just short-armed it. And that duck was enough to send him to the bench. Uh, Bailey Zappi, of course, had his own horrendous interception. But and in checking in with people around the team today and yesterday about Mac Jones, no, a decision has not been made, as Bill Belichick told us Monday, and then again today. But if the decision was up to the locker room about who gets to start against the Giants a couple days after Thanksgiving, the answer is, not Mac, because I spoke to someone today who estimated the locker room is 80-20 out 
on Mac Jones. This person said that they are done with him. And the lack of belief spreads not only just from the offense, the people blocking for him and catching for him and working around him, but also on defense. Because there is a sense of how he has played, not only just against the Colts, but also the Saints and the Cowboys, that you just can't win with him. It almost doesn't matter what everyone else doing around him when he throws pick sixes, throws red zone interceptions, and single-handedly nukes drives, despite the fact Bill O'Brien has already baby-proofed his offense. Day one pass concepts, screens, running the ball six straight times to start the second half, and eight straight times in another part of the game. And the Patriots still lost. Why? Because even though you took the ball out of Mac Jones' hands, he still found a way to give it to the other team. And these mistakes are costing the Patriots. And sure, it's a lost season anyway. But his mistakes are the reason, more than anything else right now, that they are 2-8. And, and players are frustrated. They're over it. He's been benched three times in 10 games. That is the same number of times that Cam Newton was benched in his entire 2020 season. Arguably the worst season by a quarterback in the last, what, 25, 30 years of Patriots history? Mac Jones has matched that. Now, I wrote a column immediately after the game. Other people had the same sentiment. This has to be the end of the Mac Jones era. And I got to be honest, as I wrote this, I am fully aware and understanding that Mac Jones is still the best quarterback on this roster. Because again, as we've talked about multiple times, Bailey Zappi got cut. Bill Belichick said, we don't care if we lose you. End of August, go on waivers. See what happens. Well, what happened is no one claimed him because the rest of the league said, no, thanks. So he came back. He was on the practice squad. And then in week six, he was a healthy scratch against Vegas. And so you, <laughs> if you can forget it, just forget that pick that happened at the end of the game, which obviously makes the case that Bailey Sapp, he shouldn't be the guy. But the reason it has to be anyone else is because as bad as Bailey Zappi's been, I put it to you like this. Mac Jones is supposed to be the driver of the offense, right? Okay. Well, let's imagine he's just driving a car. He's a sharp guy. Plays it safe, doesn't run even yellow lights, goes by the speed limit, waves some pedestrians by when they need to cross the street. But in three out of 10 Sunday drives this year, the man has gotten into a full-on car crash that could have been avoided. And the cops took his license and benched him, okay? And you can't have that. That person cannot drive the car making those kind of mistakes. And that's what the Patriots have. You can't give the keys to the offense Back to Mac Jones, even if it has to go to his babyface backup in Bailey Zappi, maybe Will Cunningham or Will Greer. I don't know. Pick one. But it can't be the guy that everyone has lost faith in that says, I can't be a passenger here anymore because he's going to screw this up. And that's what's happened here with the offense. And it's a bummer because he's a nice kid and he certainly works his ass off. But it's not going to happen here in New England. And I think after the bye, even if he is the best quarterback on the roster, I think the coaching staff is going to make the decision to sit him, even if it's just to keep that locker room uh, in his favor. Nugget number two, Jack Jones. Speaking of keeping the locker room intact, um, well, first of all, let's start here. Good riddance to Jack Jones. 19 months in New England. We all endured together because of him. Uh, a kid who ended the season on the suspended list because he just didn't want to go to rehab sessions for his injury, okay? Last offseason, as we all remember, walks into Logan Airport with loaded guns in large capacity magazines, okay? Months of off-court, we'll say, discussions, resolves in a plea agreement. But during that time, just storms out of a training camp practice. And then this year is benched for the start of not just one game against the Commanders, but also against the Colts, and then plays a season-low 10 snaps 
against Indianapolis, a player that Belichick empowered, drafted, allowed to continue to do this while all of his teammates, some of whom are playing less than he is, go, we're playing by the rules. What the heck is happening? So it made sense. Maybe at the start when you were expecting this big two year two lead from a guy who could start for you, a cornerback. Uh, Jack Jones didn't start a game this year. So standing by him made less sense by the day. And it made even less sense when his performance waned to the point where opponents were averaging a passer rating or finished with a passer rating of 106.1 against him. But that's not all. Because in speaking with someone else today about what happened with Jack Jones, Belichick said Tuesday morning, nothing happened in Germany. That's largely true, but not entirely. Because Jack Jones, in light of being benched against Washington and against the Colts, for performance-based reasons, he blew the end of the Miami game. That last touchdown, all his fault. Jalen Waddell walking to the end zone, no one around him, that's on Jack Jones. He thought he should have had a bigger role. And he expressed his displeasure in ways that showed up at practice, sometimes at games, and didn't settle well with the coaching staff. As we now know, that included missing curfew before the Washington game. Well, that expression of displeasure uh, continued in Germany, where you should know that Jack Jones only played 10 snaps, again, career low, 18%, way lower than any other game this season. None of them were after halftime. So this is a guy who not only you're providing cover for that probably doesn't deserve it based on off-field alone, but hey, we all understand, as valuable as you are with your organization, that's how much BS your boss is going to put up with. I mean, this goes outside of football, right? Like, you, it, it, it doesn't matter. If you're great at something, you can screw up more than someone who is replaceable, screws up once, and gets thrown out the door. The Patriots' defense started to suffer along the way with Jack Jones, so it wasn't worth putting up with him anymore. And Germany was the last straw. He's gone. It's a good thing that he's gone for this defense that is not blowing games where he allowed multiple catches against Washington. And the Colts, despite, again, just playing 10 snaps uh, and blowing that Miami game. It's a sad chapter. Belichick did not go into any details. Part of this is just not wanting to throw people under the bus. But it was more than just off-field stuff or his performance. It was both, and it got much, much worse over the last two weeks, as my colleague at the Herald, Doug Kide, reported. He had a chance to turn his attitude around in Germany, didn't do it, and in, first, uh, in fact, made it worse. Okay, so we've all seen the Patriots struggle to score this season. That has been no secret. But I have something new for you. And that is the fact that you at home or walking the dog or at the gym or grocery shopping, you yourself can score this season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, $150. If you pick a team and that team wins, and if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you've heard me talk about them a lot. There is no better time than right now to get in on the action because the app is super easy to use. And if you don't like picking straight up winners, you could go with point spreads or player props over unders and tons and tons more. Just visit FanDuel.com Boston and open up the NFL season on your terms with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Massachusetts must be 21 year older and present in the state in order to bet. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling help line ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Number three. So we've talked, we've talked a lot about Bill's future here 
uh, on the podcast. Where's he going to be? Who is he going to be coaching? Well, I can tell you that chatter around the building is not limited to just where Bill's going to be. A lot of folks inside the locker room, outside the locker room, are asking, where am I going to be? Their eyes are on 2024 and will especially be this week as the team, obviously, as I said, takes a break Thursday through Sunday and starting to line things up because everybody knows how this season is going to end. The Patriots are going to have a top 10 pick at, at you know, worst, depending on your point of view, maybe top two, maybe in the back end. But this season lost. It is spiraled down the drain. We're just going to see how far that it goes. And people are wary of Robert Kraft cleaning house. So there's the starting point. Now, the players still back Belichick to their credit. Captains all spoke glowingly of him. His message is getting through, yada, yada. But that doesn't mean that there's belief in Belichick from top to bottom. Now, sticking with Belichick, because, again, this is the most interesting part of a guy who's the greatest coach of all time and is still chasing a record uh, for most wins of all time. I brought up the commanders. Other people have, too. I'll give you two more. Because I dismissed them, I think, a couple weeks ago when we talked about this. And I'd have to revisit this now. Number one is the Giants. Well, of course, we're going to see on Sunday. This will again be a talking point because in following some of the Giants writers, they're not entirely sold that Brian Dable and GM Joe Shane are safe. And they make some good points. And that Giants ownership let go Ben McAdoo at the end of his second season before it even ended. Like this was the whole Eli Manning benching thing. But that second season came off of an 11-5 and five first year for him. Still can Four years later, Joe Judge, we all remember. Two seasons, Adam Schefter reported he was safe in Week 16. <laughs> Joe Judge talks his way out of a job. He gets canned after two years. And so right now, Brian Dable, I don't know if he won Coach of the Year last year. He probably should have if he didn't, is 2-8. and eight. They are the worst team in the league. It's part quarterback. It's part injuries. It's part the rest of the roster, which falls in the GM. But if this thing continues to spiral for the Giants in a way that they finish 2-15, and 3-14, and 14. I don't think there's a guarantee that he stays there. And Belichick, as he's looking for new jobs, I said before, is going to take a hard, hard look at ownership, as he did when he came back to the Patriots, knowing how ownership screwed up part of his tenure in Cleveland, or at least that's how he saw it. So what does he think about the Giants' ownership? Well, I can tell you from this quote from 2019, October, last time the Patriots and Giants played, it was a Thursday night game, 35-14. Um, Patriots won at home. I think that was... Isn't that the first time they debuted the, the All Blues now their current jerseys? It was one of the earliest times. Anyway, so he's asked about the Mars, one of the longest tenured owner, ownership groups in the entire league. He said, quote, of course, the Mara family, single ownership. They've certainly been through all the phases of the league and not only have done things very professionally and for the good of the game on the field, but they present everything well off the field as well. Their family and their organization and just the way they do things. He continued. So that's a storied franchise, and it goes way, way back. I was very, very fortunate to be part of a great organization for 12 years, and I learned a lot there from so many people, some of whom are still there, most of whom aren't. But they put together a tremendous group in the 80s, starting with Coach Ray Perkins, so I was very fortunate to be a part of that. <laughs> Sounds like an ownership group he wouldn't mind working for. I'm not saying it's going to happen, um, but it certainly has my attention more than it did a couple of weeks ago. The other one is the Panthers. Uh, this is because you're already hearing that David Tepper, the owner down there, who's very meddlesome, not someone who would – you know, Belichick would seemingly uh, want to work for. But he's done with Frank Reich, or they're worried about their jobs down there. This is a guy in Tepper who does not seemingly care about setting his own money on fire, the way he paid out Matt Rule, and then paid up for a very expensive set of assistants uh, down in Carolina. But if he promised to back off 
and start asking for weekly meetings because no way in hell is Belichick explaining himself every single week to an owner. Uh, that might be a possibility because there's also the possibility that his market is not so great in light of everything the national media and certainly local media has been saying. He'll have three losing seasons in the last four years. We all know what the record is without Brady. It might be a harder selling point to most, especially folks down in Washington where they're not having, having trouble selling out seats than we think. So I would just, I don't know where you want to rank them. I would still have Washington number one, but the Giants and Panthers keep it on your radar. Because again, folks in the building are thinking not only about Bill being somewhere else and feeling very strongly about that, uh, but knowing that because he'll leave, they might be somewhere else too. Number four. Okay, this is where we pivot into the, the film part. Uh, the Blitz, I promised to look these numbers up last time. And I didn't. I have them for you now. So the Patriots against the Colts, uh, again, stopped blitzing basically in the second half, just as they did against the Commanders. And, and Gardner Minshew was 4 of 6 for 30, 39 yards. So not great, but much better than the quarterback who had been blitzed more than any other in the league going into that game. And it fared worse against it because the Patriots, for whatever reason, whether it's the talent of their players, the design of these blitzes, the timing that they're called, have not been getting home. And they started to blitz more the last three weeks because up through week seven, they had the fourth worst pressure rate in the entire league. So naturally, okay, let's put more uh, pressure in the line of scrimmage. And in losses to the Dolphins, the Commanders, and now the Colts, when they blitzed, they have allowed the second highest passer rating, 137.5 when blitzing, the third highest EPA, and the fourth highest completion percentage, 73.9 when they blitz. It's so bad. Most of these were slot blitzes against the Colts. Again, we're not, it's a six nugget coming up, my past Colts film notes. But there's something broken about the Patriots pass rush, which, hand up, I'm going to take the giant L. Uh, I'm going to eat it every day for the rest of the season. That I thought this could be their best pass rush in maybe 15 to 20 years. Ha! They have the fourth fewest sacks in the league right now and the fourth lowest QB knockdown percentage. And even when they're sending extra guys to the quarterback, no one's getting home. I don't know what's happening. Okay, so you guys have heard me talk a fair amount about betting on this podcast, giving you some advice, told you where to make those bets. So I got a quick question for you. What if there was an app that used AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets? Well, good news, and you might have guessed it. There is, and that app is called Odds R. It's the mobile app you need to know what bets of the day are the smart ones. So just download the app right now. I'm serious, and sign up for an account. And just let the latest data analysis guide you through today's point spreads, money lines, and over-unders. If you see green, that's a smart bet. If you see yellow, you're on your own. And if you see red, just don't do it. Move on to the next. Because odds are doesn't take your bets. It makes you better at making them. With odds are on your mobile phone, you're always a tap away from making a smart play every day. It's smart betting made simple. So find the odds are app in the app store or on Google Play and get a two-week free trial. It's just 10 bucks a month after that because the casinos and sports books want you to bet, but odds are wants you to win. Go get it. Pat's Interference listeners actually get a special deal too. You get your first 30 days of the app free, totally free. If you go to odds are, that's O-D-D-S, the letter R, dot com slash Pat's to download the app. That's odds are.com slash P-A-T-S for 30 days of smarter betting. Free! I'd call that a winning bet. Uh, number five, the receivers. It's, this is just flat out embarrassing. 
And there's disappointment all across the offense. As I just said, a lack of belief in Mac Jones. It spreads the offensive line. Uh, but the receivers from Devontae Parker on down, again, he was their best receiver in camp. It's done nothing. His most memorable moment was dropping that pass in Las Vegas and then not being accountable for it afterward. Well, by missing the Germany game, he had a better day at the office than everyone else who's not named Pop Douglas because Pop Douglas had nine targets in Germany. Everyone else in that receiving core had two. One for Juju Smith-Schuster and one for Kayshawn Booty. And that's just gross. And the thing about this group is, too, not only is it a bunch of young underachievers, Tyquan Thornton didn't play any snaps. Jalen Rager played one former first-round pick, uh, safely considered a bust right now. They weren't laughing it up in the locker room postgame, but they seemed awful comfortable with losing when we got in there after they lost to the Colts. And I'm not here asking for tears. I'm not asking for screaming or shouting or anything performative, but just some sort of indication that you understand your struggles are an offense are not entirely because of the guy trying to get you the ball, even if there's, again, a locker room-wide sentiment that they can't do this anymore. Because you're not doing anything to get open or get yards after the catch. And it's not me saying this, watching the film, and then seeing you in the locker room. It's ESPN, which, excluding Tyquan Thornton and Jalen Rager, has the Patriots having five of the worst 20 receivers in the league, according to their new analytics metrics, that account for separation, catch radius and security, and yards after the catch. That includes Juju, a couple of the tight ends, Demario Douglas, and Devontae Parker. I'm not saying the analytics are perfect. Analytics are always something that fail what we want them to be. We want them to be a catch-all, an easy rankings, the definitive analysis and numbers that explain everything about football. Such a number does not exist, but I like these more than most, and these show exactly what we've seen with the old eye test. This is an embarrassing receiving core, and I would say the worst in the league, whether it's from the highest paid guys in Parker and Juju down to the rookies or second-year players or new guys off the practice squad who went from number three receiver against Washington and Jalen Rager, dropping a bomb then two, to one snap against the Colts and seem to be okay with it because they've just resigned to the fact that maybe it's not their fault. And that's, uh, as I said, embarrassing. Number six, Pat's Colts film notes. All right, let's start with the good. Christian Barmore. Have a day. Four pressures, two run stuffs, another run stop on his own. He played across the defensive line from five techniques, your head up on the tackle. Three technique, you're kind of over the shoulder of a guard. That's where you get your best penetrators, like, you know, all the guys going back to Warren Sapp are typically three techniques. And a little bit of nose, where it's not his best position, but he held his own. Uh, career day from Christian Barmer. He was great from the first drive to the last one. Um, just hats off to him. Offensively, they ran for 167 yards. And they had, of course, Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott to think for that. A lot of hard running. But as those guys had, I think it was 61% of all touches, their offensive line blocked their ass off. And especially at the second level. You saw City Sal, Cole Strange, David Andrews routinely get to the second level and just envelop these Colts linebackers. And we talked uh, on Friday, very punch drunk tired preview episode that they stink on run defense. They would have opportunities to do this. And again, the Patriots don't trust their quarterback. Bill O'Brien, as I wrote today in my film review, has been running offense around him. He's baby-proofed it, and Mac is still hitting his head and whining and melting down. But when they ran the ball, there was just excellent one-on-one blocks. Initially, and the double teams they got off were immediately at the second level. So these huge, wide-open holes. And one of the wrinkles that they had to help open this up, and they've run these plays before, 
what are called insert blocks. So you have a single uh, back in the backfield and a tight end out on the wing. You know, and typically when you think of a lead block, that player is a fullback who just runs into the gap uh, ahead of the running back who follows him through, you know, the fullback is leading the way. Well, what happened here was Hunter Henry or Mike Kosicki sometimes on the wing, instead of just going right upfield at the snap, would turn in, go around the lineman to his left or right, depending on where the ball was, basically inside, and then loop around him and go inside. He inserted in a way that was kind of like a lead block or sometimes just block and also got to the second level. And so whether it was them or the guards or David Andrews, it was just an excellent job across the board. But the defensive front that had Jack Leonard, DeForest Buckner, Buckner, who just absolutely kicked Strange's ass in a couple of reps, that's going to happen. Um, but excellent second level blocking, which allowed for wide holes. Now, the Patriots, as I've said before, one of the highest success rates running the ball, meaning you're staying on schedule, very efficient. Uh, also not explosive at all because they didn't run once for a play longer than 11 yards. Uh, and you need a little bit more burst than that. All right, the bad. Red zone offense, over four in the red zone. Ended with a sack. Ended with Mac trying to avoid a sack by flipping the ball to his left on the first drive of the second half. That was what prompted Bill O'Brien to rip him a new one on that video clip that went viral. He also threw a pick, as we saw at the end of the game. And then a near pick, overthrowing Hunter Henry, who was wide open in the end zone. And that led to a missed field goal. We already talked about the blitz. Um, the opening drive, though, for the defense was one other thing that I noted. Because, again, it was the only time the Colts scored a touchdown. And the way that it happened was Minshew hits this long third down throw early on. Then they go no huddle. Smart. Patriots were in dime personnel, six defensive backs. It's a lighter personnel grouping. We have Jonathan Taylor. Let's shove Jonathan Taylor right up the gut. They do this eight straight times. And the Patriots kept their dime personnel package in, partly because they had to against no huddle. You can't really substitute and get a line correctly. But then when the Colts did slow down and Taylor kept running and running and running, Mac Wilson went out there and then he came out. He had a head injury. And the Patriots put in Adrian Phillips. So they were right back to the dime personnel, lighter personnel grouping against one of the better running backs in the league and a good run-blocking offensive line on early downs and then in short yardage. And surprise, surprise, Jonathan Taylor scores on fourth down. You had another linebacker. He would just elevate it off the practice squad in Calvin Munson, who, surprise, surprise, at the start of the second series, when Wilson was still out, subs back in because the Patriots prefer to play with at least two linebackers in these nickel sets. But instead, you play a safety, and Jonathan Taylor and the Colts rush for 31 yards in the opening drive, including a touchdown. Well, lo and behold, they don't score another touchdown. They only get three points for the rest of the game when you're playing normal personnel groupings. I get that you got caught in it at the beginning. When you had the time to substitute, and you don't have a real linebacker in there, in situations that call for it, again, early neutral downs, first and 10, second and five, and then third and goal from the one, fourth and goal from the one, you just don't put in bigger people. Did not get that at all. Uh, we need to talk. Receivers. We already had this. It was embarrassing. It was bad. Okay, so we all know what's coming on Thanksgiving. You got football. You got family. Then there's going to be that giant turkey. Lots of stuffing. Pumpkin pie. Apple pie. Everything you name it. But what are you going to eat before then? What are you going to eat after? This holiday season, as we all start to run around, you might be looking for some convenient, nutritious meals. And I'm telling you right now that especially on your jam-packed days of shopping and busy work, you can find them with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat 
delivery meal service. Factor can help you fuel for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Whether you're too busy running around to plan lunch, Factor's got you covered. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls or salad toppers, they're all ready to eat on the go. No microwave required. There are also calorie-conscious options that taste just great. Try delicious, dietitian-approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories. If you need an extra boost, like I do, I love my Protein Plus meals with 13 grams of protein or more per serve. Whatever you're looking for this holiday season, you can find it with Factor. So head to factormeals.com slash Callahan. 50. It's my last name, 50, and use code Callahan50 to get 50% off. That's code Callahan50, C A L L A H A N 50 at factormeals.com slash Callahan50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're going to wrap up the podcast. It's not a nugget, but I, I think this might be the most enjoyable part for those of you who don't like hearing about a team losing faith in the quarterback uh, or a cornerback having fits and then getting caught Monday. Stories from Frankfurt. So I'll say right off the top that where we left off was Frankfurt being a little sleepy as a city, which, hey, like we recorded a podcast at 11 a.m. and had only known what the city was like basically from you know 730 up until that point. But it held up until Saturday. Because Friday night, going out with Doug and Zach and Chris Mason and Mark Daniels from Mass Live, uh, we didn't get dinner till ten fifteen, and that was partly because one place forgot that we were waiting outside after being <laughs> very strict and direct about wait here, don't go anywhere, don't come inside yet, we'll come and get you. Well, they forgot about us, and then the kitchen closed. The kitchen was closed at a lot of places. We had to go to six different restaurants. This was after practice and the press conferences where Bill was in a great mood. Stuff you don't care about now that they're two and eight. Um, state-of-the-art facility, though, where they house the German national team. is called the DFB campus, and just spectacular everything for a very tired Patriots team. Anyway, Saturday comes around. I get to explore the city with my dad, who made the trip, which was just fantastic getting to be with him. Probably walked nine or ten miles. And, and Frankfurt's, you know, again, it was livelier there. You had some events downtown where Malcolm Butler was speaking. They had stuff, a small shop set up for NFL fans, or you get to throw – a football in the quarterback challenge through a hole and, you know, kind of a, a cutout here with a player, you know, reaching out, but there's a hole there where you're trying to throw it to his quote unquote hands. Anyway, it, it had an American feels a little sleepier because it didn't have the traditional European character to it because the city had just been firebombed thoroughly at the end of World War II and they basically built up everything since then. And so some buildings look older, but they're really as old as like the early 50s because, again, everything that happened during the war. And this includes Romer, uh, Romer part of town, the square, where you'll see most often like on a postcard if you Google Frankfurt, like it comes up with these older style houses in different colors. You go, oh, that's definitely European. Anyway, uh, we got lunch late, found a brewery, met up with those same guys. Someone on the beat, uh, I will not reveal <laughs> them due to this mistake, said, hey, there's you know a hockey team. It's local. They're playing at 7 o'clock. Why don't we get tickets? We all buy tickets. They show up first. The only people skating were 
12 and under and with their parents. Uh, the tickets were for a game next week that we had all bought. So thankfully, I didn't make the trip to go out and see there. Um, but this person then came back with that same crew and we all got dinner. Place called the 12th Apostle. It was outstanding. Had Wiener Schnitzel, a giant liter mug of beer. Just a great time there. So we, we found our pockets and things were definitely lively on Saturday. But the best part of the trip, without question, was the game on Sunday. And not because, obviously, of the football on the field, but the crowd that was there. And from downtown, you go four stops uh, down there, you know, the, the S8 or the S9 train, uh, one of their lines that were there. Again, the trains there are far and away better than what we have here in the U.S. Anyway, then it's like a 10-minute walk kind of partly through the woods to the stadium in this large paved path. It's open container everywhere in the city. People are, of course, smoking way more than you'll find in the U.S. But you have chants, you have songs, and the arena itself only seated about 50,000. But you felt like there was double the number once you got into the stadium. And within the stadium, you had not only just jerseys ranging from like Scott Zolak to, you know, different editions of like Josh Gordon, obviously your Brady's Gronks, Mac Jones, Sean Wade. I think they were his parents that I saw. But fans represented from basically every single team. And the folks in Germany loved being there. You had them singing songs during break, like Sweet Caroline. At the end of the first quarter, there was a play that they kept singing Sweet Caroline through gameplay. They were belting out the national anthem. They were singing uh, Country Road by John Denver. And the energy never stopped. Like for a sucky 10-6 game, this crowd was a 10 the best I've ever experienced. And so, you know, the smaller things like it was also an open-air press box, uh, which is cool because you're just next to the fans. Um, got a bundle up. Obviously, they dipped into like the low 40s and got dark. but just an outstanding event top to bottom. And so I don't know when the Patriots are going to be back. I would hope that they play next, you know, next time, maybe in, in Munich, like they did last year for the Seahawks Bucks games. Cause yeah, Frankfurt kind of take it or leave it. Um, but there are plenty of places to go. If you know where to stop in, if you're there, 12 apostle was great for us for dinner. That was like traditional German cuisine, old style tavern uh, brewery. I went to called brow steel was fantastic. There's just basic Hellas lager. That was like as tasty as any beer I've had here in the U S that is, you know, supposed to pack more flavor than your kind of standard uh, Hellas. But uh, left there, took the train home, got up Monday, and flew back uh, on JFK or to JFK uh, with Doug, and then we drove back yesterday. So a lot going on there. Was able to knock out uh, film review, and then of course Jack Jones gets cut and leads all this different stuff. But highly, highly recommend the experience. German crowd was amazing, and uh, hats off to them because without them, woo. That Sunday would have been uh, a stinker. So this will be it for this episode. I think, as I mentioned, if I didn't, we're going to have a mailbag episode coming up with Jeff Howe. We'll get to everything everyone asked on Twitter. That was the promise. Um, yeah, Patriots 2-8. and eight. I'm sorry. But we always ask here in the media. And we'll probably ask tomorrow when we get in the locker room. Hey, guys, is, uh, is the buy coming at the right time? And their answers, no matter what's going on, are always yes or we don't control that. Well, I think they're going to get a lot more yeses tomorrow in the locker room. We start asking around because that's what we do here in the media. So mailbag episode coming Thursday. That'll be it for me until probably Tuesday of next week. And then we're going to have Thanksgiving and the giant preview. Um, thank you for listening. Whether we're abroad, whether we're here, whether we're recording in Florida, it's been great to have the feedback. If you do have a second rate review on Apple, this hasn't happened in a while. We would love some more feedback. Twitter, email me, ratings on Spotify. Just just click five stars and leave it at that. Um, but if there's more that we can do or things that you like that we're not doing enough of, 
please hit me up at underscore Andrew Callahan on Twitter. All right, that's enough for me. On to the mailbag and then the bye. Thank you guys, and we'll chat soon.